Welcome to the Sports Spectrum Podcast, where faith and sports collide. Here's your host, Jason Romano. This is episode number 27 of the Sports Spectrum Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us here on the program today. My name is Jason Romano. I hope you're having a fabulous, fabulous day. And we have a really great show planned for you today. Matt Forte from the New York Jets is our guest. And we're excited to bring him to you, his story, his awesome journey through his NFL career. As always, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Everywhere podcasts are found is where the Sports Spectrum podcast is found. You can also check out SportsSpectrum.com, which has all of our content. You can subscribe to become a member of Sports Spectrum as well for $36 per year. Per year, $36. So it's not a ton of money, three bucks a month basically. And you become a member uh, and kind of partner with us at Sports Spectrum. You get a magazine, you get all the archival content that we have going back to 30 years with Sports Spectrum magazine. And you also get all the content with our podcast and our magazine, like I mentioned, as well as SportsSpectrum.com. So check all that out. Everything you want to know about Sports Spectrum can be found at SportsSpectrum.com. As I mentioned, our guest today, Matt Forte, Running back, New York Jets. He is a two-time Pro Bowl running back. He played eight seasons with the Chicago Bears from 2008 to 2015. Recently left, played his first season away from Chicago last year with the New York Jets. He's now entering his second season with the Jets this season coming up. And it's his 10th NFL year. And I can't tell you how excited I am about not only this interview, but about the NFL season starting. 2017 NFL season is upon us. Training camps are out Teams are working out, getting ready. Preseason football is starting, and it's just a wonderful time to be a sports fan as you get excited and the anticipation builds for your team for the 2017 NFL, NFL season. So very excited about the, the football season coming and very excited for you to hear about Matt Forte. His story is awesome. I think you'll really like listening to his his journey, how much he loves not only his family, his wife Danielle and their two children, but also how much he loves Jesus. God is at the center of who this man is, and I love the heart that he has not only to serve others, and we'll talk about his foundation later in the interview as well, but to serve the Lord. Just such a great inspiration. I really hope you enjoy this episode, this podcast. Here is two-time Pro Bowl running back, Matt Forte. Matt, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. I'm glad to be on the show with you, and thanks for, for calling and having me on. Absolutely. It's great to talk with you. And now, you know, nine NFL seasons, this coming up on your 10th season playing in the NFL, first with the New York Jets last year, rushed for over 800 yards and seven touchdowns, and basically did that, not playing much the last four games. How's your offseason been for you as you prepare for your, your 10th season? It's been going well. Um, I've been able to, you know, train. I had a, a little small injury at the end of last year that I've already recovered from. So, um, you know, I've been able to train and stay healthy throughout the off offseason. Uh, looking forward to heading into training camp uh, for the 10th time, which sounds crazy to me because it goes so fast. You know, it just feels like the other day I was heading in as a rookie uh, with the Bears. So, uh, you know, spending a lot of good family time as well. Uh, right now, because during the season, we know we have to buckle down and, you know, we get have long days, especially during camp. We don't get to see much of the family. So um, just enjoying the family time right now and, and investing in my kids a lot of, you know, time and, and 
you know, uh, wisdom in them as well. What have you learned over 10 years in terms of preparing mentally for training camp? Because I've heard a lot of guys talk about training camp versus the season and the season's a grind as it is, but training camp kind of, you know, comes out of nowhere. Yeah, that you have to prepare for training camp, but also prepare smart where you don't come into training camp burnt out, but you are in really good shape, uh, you know, good enough that, you know, when you're in camp, you're not, you know, uh, dead after the first week of practice. So uh, it's kind of you have to pace yourself, but at the same time, you got to be prepared. And you learn how to do that, you know, throughout the years where you know how to train uh, smarter instead of harder. You know, that's one of the things that I've come accustomed to learning is that, you know, you, you got to learn how to train smart. You know, everybody can train and do a bunch of hard stuff, but if you're wearing yourself out or wearing yourself down where you're not going to make it through the season, then that's not going to be good. Now, you're obviously known playing eight seasons with the Bears. It's where you were drafted. It's where you played the majority of your career. What was it like transitioning from Chicago uh, after being home there for eight years to the Big Apple and playing for the Jets? Yeah, it was uh, it was something new for me, you know, to – be uh, in a, in one locker room for eight years and in, in one city and uh, one fan base, uh, and then to, to transition over to you know something new and a whole new locker room, different teammates and uh, you know a whole new fan base and all that type of stuff was different for me. But it uh, I I got accustomed to it pretty pretty easily and pretty pretty quickly. So um, you know once I found a place to live and had the family all secured and, and straight. Uh, it wasn't too bad, you know, just getting to know my teammates and other players that we had on the team and then getting accustomed to the coaches and everybody and also the facility. So once my, my biggest thing is, you know, in, in the NFL, when you're a professional, the biggest thing is to find a routine that works for you and stick to that. And so once I got there and I found a good routine to, to stick with and, uh, you know, speaking of recovery wise or pre- preparation wise, once you find that good routine, you know, stick with that, and I was able to do that pretty quickly. And uh, I, I was able to adjust, you know, it didn't really take me a long time to do that. And so I was thankful that I was able to do that. Was it uh, helpful to have a guy like Brandon Marshall and a few others that were teammates of yours in Chicago, somebody, a familiar face that you could kind of turn to and, and you know, both from a spiritual perspective, but really just from an acclimation perspective of being able to, you know, assimilate yourself into a new team and a new area and all that? Yeah, it's also it's always great to see familiar faces and uh, you know anything you do and something new, especially. But um, you know, also to have a lot of guys that you meet that are new that you find out that are Christians as well too in the locker room is pretty awesome because you know everybody knows I'm uh, an advocate for Christ. You know, no matter what on the on the field and off the field. So uh, when I meet teammates that you know, have that same mindset. It's, it's awesome to reach out to. And even with the guys who don't have that same mindset, you know, you put a little, plant a little seed in there and uh, that seed just keeps growing. And that uh, that voice in their head keeps telling them, hey, maybe, maybe I should try Bible study or go to a chapel and see what it's about. So uh, I love reaching out to teammates and meeting new people and stuff like that. But also it made it, yeah, it did make it a lot easier to assimilate and be in the locker room when you see a lot of familiar faces we're talking to matt forte here jets running back on the sports spectrum podcast and matt we'll talk a little bit more about the locker room dynamic and being a believer in the locker room but i want to go back a little bit for you and where your faith began it's strong obviously you mentioned it you're now a 31 year old man but when did that moment begin for you when you made christ the lord of your life uh, that began in in high school but it, it actually began a lot before that because my parents 
always had me, you know, had us routinely, we would go to church, but also had us in Sunday school where we were learning about the Lord from an early age. And, um, you know, it, it's just been a foundation was set at a young age. But really when I, for myself, accepted Christ uh, on my own uh, was in high school when I figured out that, you know, I can't use you know, routine, just, okay, I showed up at church and I went to Sunday school, you know, this is my routine. So then, you know, God is going to bless me. So I had to, fi- I had to figure that out, uh, obviously through experience, but, um, you know, it was, it's a good thing that I, I was able to figure that out on my own and accept Christ, uh, you know, for as my Lord and Savior, but also to realize that, you know, God purchased us, you know, at a price that no one else could, could pay. And, you know, he, you know, sent his son, Jesus, down for us to, you know, pay the wages of, of our sins. And, you know, when I finally understood and, and was able, you know, to be old enough to understand and realize, you know, how big of a debt that was that he paid and that he loves us that much that he would do that, that's when I accepted Christ and was, you know, all all about it and, and all for it. And, you know, once we accept Christ, we're not, you know, totally there. We don't just, you know, arrive you know, so to speak, we have to keep growing and it actually gets harder most of the time. But, um, you know, it was a great thing that I was able to do. And, and I call it an accomplishment, you know, because uh, I feel like my life was changed when I was able to mentally realize that and digest it and, and live in that way. Why was that moment that moment for you? And what I mean by that is, you know, for me, when I became a believer, I was 27 years old. It was my brother who led me to the Lord. So I wonder for you, because growing up, it's one thing to have sort of your father, or your mother's faith and your family's faith, but it's a different thing to make it your own. So it, was it them or was it another person, a mentor, a pastor that kind of explained it to you in a way that just made sense? I think it was a mixture of a lot of that stuff. You know, my, my parents, obviously, you know, they relay the message a lot, you know, being a parent, but also uh, throughout hearing different sermons and, you know, a lot of times, uh, a lot of times, you know, everybody translates and, and uh, you know, interprets things differently. And so, you know, you, somebody might hear a sermon and they interpret it different than the next person. So when I was even in high school, my dad told me, he was like, before you read the Bible, you should pray that you, that you hear or, or, you know, translate it or, uh, you know, digest it the way that the Lord wants you to hear it. And when I heard, when he told me that, I was like, yeah, you know, that's, that's smart because, I mean, if you look at, um, you know, the different religions there are, I mean, there's so many different translations of the Bible that people, you know, have Mm -hmm. from some of the same words. So I would, you know, before we even had a, um, a sermon that I would go to church or if I was reading, I would ask, you know, the Lord in prayer to help me to discern this word that he has for me in the best way. And so I think it happened when, you know, obviously from my parents and listening to them, but also listening to different sermons, but being able to understand and read the word for yourself, there's nothing like that when you come to uh, an epiphany or you learn, you gain wisdom and knowledge from reading God's word because, you know, it's, a lot of things change around the circumstances and all kind of stuff, but there's one thing that will never change, and that's God's word. Mm. Amen. We're talking to Matt Forte here, the New York Jets running back on the Sports Spectrum podcast. Now, Matt, you get to college, you go to Tulane University, 
and you're the man, especially your senior year. You set school records, 2,100 yards, 23 touchdowns. You go to the senior bowl and you win MVP of that game. And then the NFL draft comes. But I want to talk about Tulane specifically as a, a young person just trying to figure out life. But then you're also a young believer in Christ because you're coming from your high school time when you accept the Lord and bringing that into college. So what was that experience like for you both on the field and spiritually? It was it was a great experience, and I I uh, appreciate it, you know, looking back on it now. But also, it was it was a tough thing to go through, and um, you know, and the Bible always says, "When trials and tribulations come, not if." So we already know that those mm-hmm. times, trying times, will come. And you know, during college, you know, a lot of a lot of things, a lot of people look at the stats and stuff like that as as okay, it was a success or that I graduated, you know, in finance and and. Uh, got a degree as success but a, a lot of work went into that but a lot of failure too i mean my uh at my time at tulane we never had a winning season uh, even though individually i might have had a successful you know a big time successful one my senior year, but a few successful ones as well but you know as a team we we uh, we didn't it was tough to go through some of those seasons especially the second season my, my sophomore year when we went through hurricane katrina and had to be displaced for a whole semester, go to a different school. Um, we lived in a, a, a condemned dorm that they opened up for us. So that was a lot. And we, you know, we didn't know how our families were back home and, and you know, all that stuff because my family's from Louisiana and the hurricane hit there pretty hard. So just knowing and worrying about so much stuff uh, produced, you know, a little bit of a trying time, you know, during college. But Looking back on it now, like I said, I, I appreciate it and was able to grow as a as a young man through that, but I, able to grow in my faith as well. Um, and, you know, throughout college, even though having a lot of success individually, uh, you know, sometimes you, you can get a, a big head and, and think that, you know, you've done, it, you've done it on your own, and that's not the case. So um, God has to humble us a lot of times when we start to think like that, and it brings us back to reality like, hey, you know, you, you need me, you know, you can't do all this on your own. Yes. You, you put the work in and, and you're, you're talented and you you can, you know, have the determination and the will to do these things. But uh, apart from him, you know, apart from God, uh, we are nothing. We, we can't attain anything. So once I had to come to a realization of that, um, you know, once you, you gain success for the first time or may not even be the first time, you know, gain success, you have to realize that, Give God all the glory, honor, and praise for what you have and what you attain, you know, through him because you're not doing it on your own. What was it like going through that time with the hurricane and Katrina and all that? Just describe, take us through that a little bit and, and describe what that was like. Yeah, it was, it was a trying time, I would say, just because we were just, it was so much unknown. Uh, I think a lot of us as humans obviously fear the unknown and uh, not knowing, you know, when, when the hurricane hit, not knowing whether we were going back to campus or not knowing whether our homes or, you know, where we grew up got messed up, you know, whether the houses were even there uh, or got water damage, you know, not knowing if my parents were safe where they were. A lot of unknown things, uh, you know, pr- produce fear in you. But, you know, once you, you know, stay connected and re- and you know, read the word of God, he'll reassure you that, you know, we shouldn't have, you know, anxiety or be anxious in anything, but be prayerful in everything. So, uh, you know, at that time, it just taught me to, to be prayerful in that time and that tough time and to be, 
thankful for what I do have, not what I, you know, have lost. And what so, ultimately happened uh, with your with your parents in the house? Did they did, was there any destruction at all? Yeah, we we got some water. So I, I live in I, I grew up in and we, they still have they still live in Slidell, uh, which is across the the uh, Lake Pontchartrain River, um, lake the lake Lake Pontchartrain from uh, New Orleans. So. Uh, it didn't get as much water as New Orleans, but we did get water in the house, and um, it, it messed up the carpet, it messed up the drywall, and, and and I mean, it just it messed up the house, you know, pretty bad. So, yeah. uh, you know, we they had shut the cities down, and they weren't able to get back in until a while later. So then the water had set in, and they had mold and stuff like that. But when I look back, I was just just thankful that you know my parents were safe, and you know, forget about the house. I'm just thankful that my parents were safe, and they're. Uh, after they evacuated but um like i was just saying uh, it was definitely was a trying time and a lot that i learned on my own you know being that we were uh you know displaced and having to learn um you know how to get around in a new place or you know be on campus on a, a whole different uh university and all kind of stuff now, obviously, we talked about success with Tulane. You come to the NFL, you get drafted in the second round of 2008 to the Bears. Immediate success there. Uh, and, and suddenly, you're the man in, in the NFL with the Bears. Mm -hmm. You ever struggle with identity, kind of what you're known for? Because I, I know so many players. I've talked to so many players uh, over the years. And, you know, they're identified as this person, the Bears running back or the New York Jets running back. For you, was that ever – was there any ever any kind of identity confusion with you in terms of between being the NFL player and just the man Matt Forte? Yeah, we I think we all struggle with that, and especially a lot of NFL players um, that their identity is solely in sports or solely in football, um, and that's not a good thing to have. I mean, you can be known as a football player, but if you yourself identify yourself as just that, it's not going to last very long because you're not going to play football forever. So. You have to find your identity in Christ, and I had to do that. You know, uh, you know, going in the second round and having a lot of success my rookie year. You know, like I said again, you you can, you know, you know, backslide. I would say from from God and and kind of, you know, slip away thinking that you know you're doing this all on your own and that you're the man now. But you know, I'm thankful that in the Bible, God says He loves the backslider. So you know, there's, there's always reconciliation in that because. Um, you know, having all the success and all that, you get, you get to, you know, be kind of arrogant and think that, you know, you've done it all on your own and that you're, you're the man now. And, um, you know, it's, I definitely had to, uh, I was one of those, one of those selfish Christians where I only worried about myself. And I thought that if I went to, you know, chapel or went to church every Sunday, or if I read the word and stayed in it and didn't, you know, I didn't really reach out to any other teammates to see or to help them out or, anybody else struggling, I just worried about myself, then I would be fine. But with that mindset, I mean, God, that's not the the mindset God wants us to have. And that's not the mindset he had. I mean, God cared about, he cares about everybody. So we should care about other people as well yes. and reach out to them. And he, I mean, the first commission Jesus gave us was to make disciples of all nations. So we should reach out to other guys who may not know Christ, or maybe they did. And they've you know have fallen by the wayside a little bit we talked about the locker room dynamic earlier and just kind of being you know young in the locker room as a young chicago bears running back in your faith and then now being a veteran in the locker room i'm just wondering if there's a story you might be able to share of a time and certainly you don't have to name names if you don't want to but if there was a time where you were able to talk about your faith 
to another teammate, sort of plant that seed like you like you described earlier in the in the interview here, and just saw God do something that you just weren't expecting. Is there a story or a moment you can share? Uh, there's there's a few. I mean, um, like my, my rookie year, uh, heading into our first game, we were playing the Indianapolis Colts with Peyton Manning, and it, uh, two years ago, the Colts had beat the Bears in the Super Bowl, so it was kind of a rematch. It was Sunday night football, and I'm thinking to myself, man, national broadcast, so everybody's going to be watching tonight. And it's my very first game. And I went to chapel, and our chaplain at the time was telling me, he was like, man, I feel something. Um, I feel something this week. You know, I've been feeling it this week, and I feel something tonight that, you know, God's going to put you on a big stage for a reason, and I, I, and it's going to be up to you to use it. And so obviously you had a great game that game, and then they stick the cameras and the microphones in your face afterwards. And I was like, this is the moment. And so I said, you know, I had to give thanks for my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who, and gave all the glory, honor, and praise to him. And about a year later, my dad sent me a, uh, a letter that was written to, to me, but it sent to uh, my house in Slidell, my parents' house. Mm -hmm. And uh, that letter was written by a kid who said he saw that game and he saw my post-game interview. And that through what I said, he started going to church. He had never been to church before started going to church and, and found God and and uh, was ended up getting saved, be, became a member of the church, but also brought his parents there and they had never been in the same thing. You know, they, they did the same exact thing. So wow. through just a post-game interview, you know, off, off a national broadcast football game, you know, three people, a whole family, uh, you know, met Christ. That's so cool. And it's such a I think the perception from the media, hey, I worked in ESPN for many years, so I know that perception and sort of the even some of the world and some of the skeptics are like, oh, there he goes, thanking God again, thanking his Lord and Savior, mm -hmm. you know, and it's kind of a cliche, look, almost like a, a unfair cliche to point people in that way. But you don't really understand when you honor the Lord, even in that post-game interview, the impact it can have. That's so cool. Yeah, I mean, there's huge ripple effects that that come throughout that and you know i think it's a shame that throughout you know t uh media and, and tv it's kind of gotten watered down because they only give you so much time and guys really quickly just say oh yeah thank my lord and savior jesus christ but you know if if you allow yourself to just do a little more and just say, say that but also you know just give a a small word out there about like you know why you know god is your everything and and you know how you became a Christian or that you thank God because without him, you know, none of this, anything, I wouldn't even be in this spot right now speaking to you right now. I wouldn't even be breathing this breath. He's allowing everything right now. And so that just puts a bigger picture on, you know, how big God is. Yeah. And you kind of are emulating the verse that is connected with the increase. Certainly John 3.30, he must increase, we must decrease. What does that yes. increase in Christ uh, look like to you, Matt? I think that comes with, you know, what it says in the Bible as well is, you know, dying daily. Mm. Uh, it's to, you know, deny your flesh because we, we can get in our flesh. Like I said, if you don't have your identity in Christ, you know, you can allow yourself to be, you know, engulfed in whatever situations is coming about. So, uh, you know, daily we have to die to our own flesh and, and, like it says, we must decrease so that he can increase in us. So if we're operating through Christ, it's, it'll be him operating in us, but not us on our own. Because that'd be just like us uh, 
you know, walking, basically walking blindfolded instead of walking and holding God's hand and him, having him lead us. Exactly. A couple more minutes here with Matt Forte, New York Jets running back on the Sports Spectrum podcast. Now, Matt, your husband to Danielle, father to two kids. I want to talk about you, the husband, uh, Matt, and the dad, Matt. What's the challenges and responsibilities that come with that title? Uh, just, you know, just a lot of sacrifice that you you make uh, time-wise and, you know, a lot of things that before you had kids that you wanted to do. You can't just up and leave anymore. And, you know, you... I gave the uh, analogy of, the, of of it being kind of like a totem pole when you get married because before then everything's provided for you and you're dependent on your parents when you're growing up and just everything you depend you're dependent on so many other people that you become selfish and you 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 rely on being catered to and then you know you get a, a fiance or or you get your wife and then it's it's her next you have to provide for her you have to make sacrifices of time you know to to, to do, you know, things that she wants to do or, or that you both want to do. So um, you become second on the totem pole. And then when the kids come around, you're last, you know, as, <laughs> especially as the father, you're the very last person on the totem pole. It's all about uh, your marriage first and then providing for the kids and your family. And then uh, then it comes to you. So you just become a whole lot less uh, selfish. You become selfless. It teaches you how to be selfless, I believe, when just out of pure nature as a human, we're all selfish. Absolutely. Now, you and your wife, between the two of you, have decided to start a foundation. What's your forte? Tell me about the foundation, why you guys started it. Yeah, just throughout my time playing in, in Chicago and her being from here, we, I just realized a lot of gun violence going on and lack of education and some of the, you know, less provided for neighborhoods uh and so throughout seeing that i was i just was inspired it was actually after one of the pao um off-season conferences that i went to i was just inspired to to do so much more in the community that we formed our foundation uh calling it what's your forte because just reaching out to different kids and underprivileged um uh, communities and wanting to find their forte uh, whatever that may be, because everybody's not going to be an athlete. Everybody's not into sports. So just finding if they like, you know, art uh, or if they like uh, physical therapy, they may like that. So, um, you know, we you have to expose these kids to different things because they'll never know if they like it or not and get an opportunity if you, you never show them that. In certain neighborhoods, they may not even be able to go around the corner, you know, because of gang violence and different things. So, our, our main goal is to uh, provide scholarships to continue education, whether that's at a university or a college or a trade school, but to continue the education and to knock down on gun violence by providing educational opportunities. Because I believe if, if they educate themselves and become more knowledgeable, they'll make better decisions. A couple more questions for you, Matt. Now, you've been doing this for nine years. This is your 10th season you're coming up on. How much longer do you want to play? I mean, I mean, as long as the Lord keeps me healthy, man, I, I, I don't put a specific number on it and I don't look too far into the future, uh, mainly because I, I love this quote. I don't know who said it first, but it was, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. I and love so, that too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's one of my favorite ones because it's like, you don't want to plan too far in the future because you never know what happened. But uh, I'm just blessed to be in my 10th year. When I first came out of college, I, I told myself, I was like, I want to at least play 10 years, and I'm coming up on that that uh, that year. And so, 
uh, I think you just take it one year by year at this point. Absolutely. Now, last question. We asked this to all of our guests, and we appreciate your time here on the podcast, Matt. But as you enter the 2017 NFL season, I just want to know what the Lord has been teaching you like right now. What are you learning from the Lord? I've been learning a lot. I mean, learning that how important uh, God is every single day and every minute of every hour of every day. Because, uh, I mean, recently, uh, I think it was maybe a week or two ago, we uh, buried um, an assistant pastor at the church that my father-in-law pastors. And he had been an assistant pastor there for 26 years and was a great man. And just within... 25 days he was di- he was diagnosed with cancer and within 25 days he passed away mm. and it was just you know reassuring and you know seeing that how he was at peace with it because he knew where he was going and in one of the sermons um that the in one of the sermons that the one of the pastors did at the uh, funeral he was stressing to everybody that uh his name was uh reverend johnny english that um, don't get caught without your work done. And, you know, he was uh, stressing that he was at peace because he had done God's work for so long and was and was faithful in doing it. He was at peace with what was going to happen, essentially, and because uh, he knew where he was going. And he was saying, one of the pastors at the funeral saying, don't get caught without your work done because when it's all said and done, we're going to have to give account to God when we're finished on our doings over our life. And one of the main things I took from that sermon was when he said, uh, on your youngest day, you're old enough to die. And on your healthiest day, you're sick enough to die. Mm. And so it puts into perspective how how great gracious we should be every day that we're just living and breathing. And that is provided, you know, by God that we're able to do anything that we do. Amen. Tomorrow is not promised to anyone. And that's a really good word to hear. He is Matt Forte. New York Jets running back, 10th year in the NFL. Hard to believe. What's your Forte.org is the website for his foundation. Changing lives through education. That is the Matt Forte Foundation. Matt, really appreciate talking to you here on the podcast, and hopefully we can check in with you again sometime during the season. Well, yes, sir. Anytime. Thanks for having me. And we do thank Matt Forte, New York Jets running back, for joining us here on the Sports Spectrum Podcast. And I really enjoyed Matt's take on so many things. His faith is strong, his faith in the Lord, his love for his wife and kids, and we just wish him nothing but the best in this 2017 season, his 10th season in the NFL. And we welcome in Raymond St. Martin, as we usually do here on the podcast. Raymond, of course, the director of digital and media here at Sports Spectrum and with The Increase. And Raymond, I was thoroughly impressed with Matt, 31 years old, 10 years in the league, just how grounded he was and how strong he was in his faith. Super solid. I mean, you know, once again, he shows that he's dealing with things that all of us deal with in life, you know, finding your identity in Christ, dying to yourself every single day. I mean, how many of us die to ourselves every single day? You know, it kind of goes this thing that we were focusing on this Drew Brees story that we're going to release this little snippet about how waking with purpose, you know, it's like, what is my purpose in the morning? It's like my purpose in the morning has to be to die to myself. It has to be like, Raymond, what you want to do, opening your phone, flipping through Facebook, checking your emails, opening your computer. Oh, yeah. No. Just walk, sleep. You're at my house. Sleepwalk to your your desk. (laughs) Open the Bible. Yeah. Get Get into the Word. Pray to God. Humble yourself and fill yourself with Him in the morning. And it's just, and really, I mean, the whole thing is a game changer. And as, as Matt, 
you know, talked about, you know, finding his identity, his identity being in Christ and not being in himself, you know, just somebody who has a platform that many, many men and women out there would love to have to be exalted and to be on the platform and to be on the podium, you know, but to remove yourself and to know that your identity isn't as a football player. My identity isn't as the director of media. Your identity is not as a podcast host. Yeah. People should not see us as that. That's, that's what we do in this world. Right. But, but who, it's not who we are. It's not who we are. Yeah. We are children of the one true God and children of Christ. And that is the, uh, or heirs with Christ, I should say. And that is the, the beautiful thing about our faith. Now, real quick, Raymond, I thought one of the poignant things that Matt said in the podcast was the story towards the end about that moment when he recognized the platform that he was on after playing his first NFL game you know, primetime game against the Colts when he was with the Bears and he thanked the Lord, his Lord and Savior. And you hear a lot of athletes say that and just working at ESPN. And I just remember being in the control room and when an athlete would say, you know, thank God or praise the Lord or thank my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, you'd, you'd see people in there who were frowning at that or just kind of like, Psh, oh, here he goes again. And so I really was impressed with Matt kind of understanding the moment, especially as a rookie in the NFL, but then the outcome of what comes from that and seeing that there are people paying attention and listening and then eventually getting saved and going to church families because of one single moment of boldness and yeah. saying who he's giving his praise to before anything else. It's Powerful. the power of media and the power of words and the power of attention. Yeah. And when you have people's attention and you use your platform, just to say a few, a few simple words, you know, first of all, I want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's it. Yeah. And even myself, like I've heard that sometimes and I'm like, was he going to say any more than that? Or is he just going to stop right there? Sure. Is he going to like, do. is he going to give it, is he going to make it a sermon or is it, or is that enough? Yeah. And I think in this case, it, it's proof that that's, that's enough. You know, when you have that moment, you know, you don't need to give a whole sermon in that moment, you know, but I, I think. Every time now I see, you know, an athlete give an interview afterward, I'll think twice, like, maybe there's someone out there right now being saved because of that platform. Yeah. And we look at our work here at Sports Spectrum and the work that we do in creating media and content that goes out. And sometimes it's seen by a million people. Sometimes it's seen by three million people. Sometimes it's seen by three people. Yeah. It's that content that we've been entrusted to create and the stories that we've been entrusted to tell is, is similar in that way. And we need to treat it with that same responsibility, knowing that there's a platform, there are people listening right now to this podcast who maybe don't know Jesus. Yeah. You know, maybe they know Matt Forte and they're a huge fan and they hear his heart for Jesus and they, they realize, you know, maybe being a Christian isn't so nerdy or geeky or hypocritical yeah. after all. Like maybe there are good people out there that are followers of Jesus. And I don't know, Jason, it's just, I'm so glad to have Matt on our board and to have him on our team. I mean, he's such, um, such a great, great example, I think. And I don't say it about a lot of people because it's, if I didn't know him personally, if I didn't know his family personally, it'd be hard to say that, but I could say that Matt Forte is a good example yeah. of a professional athlete living in the increase of Christ. Yeah, and speaking of the increase, Matt uh, writes articles. I referenced it into the in the podcast, writing about God, but he writes personal stories about his walk of faith, his journey, his struggles, everything. 
uh, attheincrease.com. So you can read all of Matt's stuff there. He also has a couple of videos that we produced uh, that has shared these same stories, many of them that you heard on the podcast, attheincrease.com, and they're on YouTube as well. So check those out. Uh, and I'm just, you know, we're thankful for Matt and, and grateful that he was a part of the podcast today. Raymond, thank you. And listen, we appreciate everyone out there listening to this podcast and subscribing, downloading, sportspectrum.com. All the content is there. Thank you so much for being a part of what we're doing. We hope you have a great rest of your day, and we'll see you next time on the Sports Spectrum Podcast. Thank you.